lot of high schools, probably in urban cities, they do what they did to us. They made us all stand up in the auditorium, all of the freshmen, and they they said, look to your left, look to your right. One of these people at the end of the year, four years, will not be here because the graduation rate is 50%. Wow. I'm Carlos. And I'm Karim. And you are listening to Ring of Minds, and yep. which is a podcast about... You know, the fights we get into life, some that last just moments in time and some that last longer than we would like them to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. All right. And on this episode, we're going to interview each other. We're doing a little bit of a test run here, so we'll see how it ultimately goes. God knows how long I looked into the lens. I have no idea, um, which is something you are way more used to than I am. I would so, love to think so. <laughs> All right, Kareem, who are you and where are you in life? All right, so uh, my name is Kareem, as I said earlier. Um, I'm an Egyptian, uh, born and raised. Um, I am a professor. I'm a journalist. I'm a father. I'm a husband. A lot of layers. (laughs) How about you, Carlos? Who are you? God, who am I at this moment in time? I'm tired. <laughs> um, I think mostly like you, we have younger children. So as a father of a young child that does not sleep, that weighs heavily and has impacted all factors of my life, mm-hmm. mostly because you need energy for everything. But at this point in time, you know, getting into week two of school, so teaching, raising a child, dealing with my beautiful wife. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. That for me is probably what's prominently on my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right, Kareem, we're still warming up here. Yep. What is your earliest memory? The earliest memory I remember was in our old house in Cairo, Egypt. I don't know why I remember that one in particular, but it was essentially my mom and dad, which was rare for us to be all together playing and they were pushing me as i was on a bike that's a good memory yeah that's wholesome yeah i think mine is more traumatic oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) well i mean not so deeply traumatic but you know it's funny i think it's probably my first christmas the first time i fully understand that or understood that i would get gifts okay and so I, you know, we had, we lived in a small house. It was a one bedroom house with me and my brother, mom and dad. And so my mom and dad slept in the living room. Uh-huh. And so we didn't have a tree because there was no space for a tree. And so w- when I got up, I didn't, you know, I knew I, I wouldn't go look for a tree, but we didn't have one. And I knew that the gifts would be under the tree, but we didn't have one. And so I was running around and then I just started getting so sad and saying, where are my presents? I don't have anything, blah, blah, blah. And then sure enough, my parents had put the presents at the foot of our bed. Oh. But I never checked. They made life easier they, for you, They man. did. They <laughs> did. But, you know, it didn't fit with all the pop culture, all of the references and yeah. stories that you've heard about. Didn't, it didn't match up. And so that's one of the earliest memories I have. Is And it was in a bunk bed. So I was on the second level, brother on the first. And I didn't even bother to wake him up. I just ran to mm-hmm. go look for what, what I thought was mine and... They they were uh, in my bed. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my earliest memories, which is you know, it turned out okay. But I have another one that is that is traumatic. But uh, 
but I usually the first one that pops to mind is is my mom and dad pushing me on the bike at home. Uh, the other one was we 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 were somewhat poor, I would say. Um, so in Egypt, you uh, basically the 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 social fabric or the social life is around mainly uh, sporting clubs, mm. right? So we weren't in any. So we used to go hang out there in like public uh, gardens and stuff that are not necessarily designed for people to sit at. So we were there having our blanket or, you know, sheet or whatever. And we had our food and it was, uh, you know, uh, playing and stuff. And then it dropped in a ditch of water. So I, <laughs> oh, no. that, that was the other one. So those are, between this and that, I'd like to think of the first one. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah. What was on the plate, man? What was the food? Uh, I can't remember. All what I remember is me just falling inside the ditch of water and then them having to change my clothes and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's man. What I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bike one is much nicer. Yep. I, I think so. Yep. Um, all right. So as we move forward here, what's something your parent guardian would repeat to you as a piece of advice, whether it was good, bad, or you didn't necessarily understand it at the time? I would say it was my mom. Um, she used to always, whenever we would get in a, you know, debate, fight, you know, stuff like that, um, disagree on something, she would always tell me and my brother, um, I wish I would never need you in my life ever. So at the time I didn't really grasp that, but then, you know, when I grew up and I spoke to her and about her experiences, I kind of get it. And now I actually repeat the same thing. Mm. I wish that for my the entirety of my life that I would not get in a state where I am unable to do the things I want and that I would have somebody to help me out with those. I really hope I don't. Yeah. So and that's why that's why that's why, you know, in my culture there is that sort of like prayer or whatever where you say, you know, may God grant you um a long life. I never pray that prayer. I always say, God bless your life, whether it's long or short. Yeah, so it's it's about independence. Yep. Yep. Versus dependency. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. How yeah. about you? For me, it's the um, and this is something we've talked about before. It was it was the the saying that my dad every time he would drop me off to school, he'd always whisper into my ear, "No confies en los amigos," which a little dark. Don't trust your friends don't confide in your friends which at, the, at that time you know i don't again similar just repeated every time every time and i i think i understood it more in life and you know you know my, my dad had a harder harder life and yeah. so definitely a lot of bridges were burned between him as him and his friends even him and his brothers which is mm. things i've learned over time i remember also discovering this photo I, i'll never know who he was with in the photo but that person's face was entirely scratched out of the photo mm. so clearly my father had some relational issues with friends and Man, family goosebumps yeah yeah so mm. it was a it was a good it was um it was an interesting one that carries a lot of baggage and is a lesson that i think was a hard lesson for him to learn a lesson that he probably wishes he didn't have to learn and also probably a lesson that he wishes he doesn't ever have to, to teach. But unfortunately, it is a part of life. And I think I've come to, to know that more and more in, as I grow, where it's like friendships, you know, exist to a certain degree, but there's also this level that, you know, they are friendships. So it's not the same as a family member to a certain degree. 
would you um, repeat the same advice to your son? You know, it has crossed my mind, but I haven't done it. I haven't done it. I also feel like it's a lesson that you have to learn. So as much as I could give advice and and give him the sense that this is something that might happen, mm-hmm. I, I think it's something you have to go through so you can fully understand it. But it's also, you can't, for me, you can't live your life defensive. defensive. You can't live your life always worried and anxious. I don't think that's the right way to live either. Mm-hmm. So from from this from my standpoint right now, it's those are lessons that he has to learn on his own and hopefully that he, you know, if he's lucky enough, he doesn't have to fully um learn it. I don't know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that that was the warm up. Um we have three battles. We have the past, we have the present, and we have the future. So mm-hmm. let's start with the past. So Carlos when you look back at your journey, what is a childhood um, or in your past memory? What is something that was crucial in your past in shaping you now and shaping your path? Yeah, I mean, I think growing up um, poor, right? You know, single family. Um, my, both my dad worked and then my mom eventually worked once we were in school. Mm. I think one of my formative experiences came sort of later on. Um, I've had a couple, but one that comes to mind and it's sort of educationally related is I, in in Chicago, which is where I'm from, you have to apply to high schools to get accepted. Mm -hmm. And I applied to some of the best ones and I didn't get into any. And so uh, that, that rejection, it really hurt because for me, it said I might be limited in my opportunities because I get, didn't get to go to these good schools where mm-hmm. I knew some friends who I thought I was like, but clearly I was not. And so I ended up in a high school on the south side with lots of other friends. And in that high school and at that moment, I said to myself, I'm going to work hard for these four years because I don't want to end up in that same place of being rejected. And this is, you know, making the leap from high school into into college. Mm-hmm. So. That experience really hurt, really burned me, really gave me a, uh, it felt like some, the world was trying to tell me what I was capable of and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I, I ended up becoming top 10 students, uh, being able to achieve the top 10 status students in, in my high school, every high school, every college I applied to, I got into. And so it was a, a real burning fire. Of course, after those four, four years, I definitely felt burnt out. And so, you know take some give some but that one was really important it it showed to me that it didn't matter what people were telling me that if I truly wanted something I could work for it and so I think that is something that I carry forward and has helped me get to to the place that I'm at now that's super cool man I I I just um I was reading a book and it was saying basically that based on where your zip code is and the school district they can actually predict which school districts are going to um, generate uh, patterns and inventions and, you know, your path in life. So breaking through that, you know, ceiling sort of or barriers is, is amazing. And, I, and that reminds me when I first joined the, 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 the university here and I was talking to you and you said something that I still remember it four and a half years ago. Oh. Yep. You told me, you told me, um, you told me. I always wanted to see people who look like me in this in the class, 
So I always want to be that person for those who are who are now in my shoes when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's something that I carry with me. Yeah, and I mean the other part that I sort of touched on a little bit is I didn't want to be poor anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I knew if 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 I was complacent and if I listened to what everything was that was being told to me and, and my peers that I I probably would end up in the same place. And mm-hmm. I didn't want that. So that was the other driving factor. Um, in a lot of high schools, probably in urban cities, they do what they did to us. They made us all stand up in the auditorium, all of the freshmen. And they they said, look to your left, look to your right. One of these people at the end of the year, four years, will not be here because the graduation rate is 50%. Wow. So it was things like that that were like, you know, I mean, that one was a purposeful, like, hey, if you mm-hmm. really want this, you have to fight for it. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. But how about you, Kareem? What was a formative experience for you in in your childhood, in your youth that has, you know, given you a lesson that you've carried forward? Um, so so I throughout my life I've never been talented in anything. No, come on, Kareem. Really, 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 you really. Um, so I my mom she used to take take me and my brother. She was able to figure out a way and save up some money so that she can get us to a sporting club. Mm. We got in there and she was trying to have us play different sports so that we can find where we at. My brother, younger brother, he was super talented at swimming. I sucked. <laughs> so then there were um, basically the testing for the team, the the, 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 the club team. Mm, yes, tryouts. Yep, he made it, I didn't. Oof. So then I'm the older brother. Oh. My mom is not going to leave me at home. So she would take me with him and then she would go to the coach and tell him, hey, would you mind having him just, you know, play and stuff, you know, so that he doesn't have to sit outside. So he did. I was a fat kid um, and I was I was not good at, at, at swimming, as I said. And at the time, I didn't have much friends, mm-hmm. right? So I kept, you know, I was just doing the training, going there every day, doing what I can do. I was kicked out of the team a couple of times and then (laughs) brought back. And then after, you know, two, three years, then I was not the the slowest. I was the last, uh, uh, second to last. And then I became the fourth and then the second, third. And then Mm. eventually I became the the, the best swimmer in the entire club. Not only that. I was the first one in the history of the sporting club to get a national medal and get uh, in our governorate the best swimmer and, you know, a bunch of medals and cups and stuff. And at that time, I was the most popular one. So That's I always, amazing. So I always tell my, my, son, my son, I tell him, people are going to want to be around you more if you're successful. Mm. If you're not successful... People are not going to be, obviously you're not doing it for, for the popularity, but it's just a lesson that you'll, you'll find people gravitate towards you the more successful you get. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, so you were, you, what was going, what drove you? What was it that, I mean, you were in the club, you weren't picked, you were sort of sitting on the sidelines, you were thrown in as a, you know, a bench warmer, maybe. Mm-hmm. What was it, what was it in that moment that got you through? It was essentially now that I'm, I read in a book about something uh, called, uh, it's uh, the book Atomic Habits, and it was talking about the notion of automaticity, Mm. which basically goes to say 
you don't have to be talented in something. The more you do it, you'll just get better. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, that's not only it because all of us were still there. So I just, I, I've come to realize that my talent, if I have any, would actually be how to crack the code. In other words, show me how this thing is done. I'm just going to keep doing it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and mm -hmm. then I'm just going to get good at it, you know? Mm. Um, so again, it's not talent. Yeah. It just, the more you do it, the more you get better. And that's why when, when I had kids, I initially, and that was wrong on my side, I always expected my son, I was trying to find what is it that mm. he is very special in mm. especially when it comes to sports because i didn't want him to go through my path i wanted to actually sort of like find the gem in the rough so to speak <laughs> right but i didn't find that and i was i was posing pressure actually on him mm. and then i realized no just put him in the sport you know that he likes or that we think is going to be good at least you know in his formative years mm. and then he needs just to keep doing it until he gets better at it. And that's it. This is my, this is my approach in anything mm -hmm. that I do. Just show me how, it, how it's done. I'm just going to keep doing it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot until I get good at it. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. So consistency, repetition, mm -hmm. persistence, I mean, all incredible attributes, but how do you, how do you stick with it? Like, I mean, at that point, what was something had to be driving you and nagging you? I know you said you were a fat kid. Maybe that was a factor. Maybe your mom pressured you. Like, what was it that like? My mom pressured my, my, my uh, brother. He didn't like swimming. And that's why, like, even though initially he was really good at it and getting medals and stuff, he actually opened up at one point and said, because of the pressure that you were imposing on me and how I didn't like it, I just wanted to play soccer. Mm. I actually started slacking mm. just for kicks, you know? Mm. Um, so uh, I, I guess, I guess part of it, I remember, I remember one of my favorite coaches ever. He used to motivate me in, in, in very interesting ways. He would stop the entire team and tell me, Hey Kareem, if you do that 200 meter butterfly in that particular timing, not only I'm going to bring you a sandwich of liver. People don't eat liver here. We do in <laughs> Egypt. Mex uh, Mexicans do. You too. do as well. We, we do love our liver. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I'm also going to get all the team uh, an early exit, including you. So you'll, you'll finish today early. So those were the type of stuff. It was sort of a game. He mm -hmm. made it, and it's it's not it's not a it's not a surprise now as I reflect on it, given your question, yeah. that I actually got that medal under his uh, mentorship, mm. you know, and and his his coaching. Yeah, he used to make it the gamification yeah. of of hard work uh, did indeed pay off. Yeah, I mean that's such an important lesson: the consistency, persistence. I feel like it's, it's something that I. I didn't figure out until recently. I mean, um, surely it, it's operative. You know, you can't get to the place that you and I have gotten without a layer of persistence and suffering. Like that's just a part of it. You suffer a little bit mm -hmm. to get to high places. Nothing, you know, it's that cliche, right? Nothing worth doing is easy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think having learned that lesson so early on that, I mean, that's, that's truly an important one, mm, even mm -hmm. from my perspective at this point where, like I said, only in the last year or so have I really come to understand the sort of like, just, just a little bit, just consistency, 
having children, I think, definitely helps that. Yeah. And reading everything and everything people say about kids, don't reward them for doing something. Reward them for further effort. Yeah. Don't reward the outcome. Reward the effort. And I think ultimately mm-hmm. that's sort of what, what you're saying, but not an easy lesson to learn. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned you mentioned trauma in, mm-hmm. in childhood in the past. Um, so I guess, is there one thing or more in your childhood of any that you would... If you have the chance, you would change. God, what would I change uh, in my childhood? I mean, I I think um, my parents did the best that they could growing up, but I think one thing that I worked so hard to, and I think I just didn't get the support that I needed. Um, I at a young age, I wanted to like reading. I wanted to read, mm. but for whatever reason, I ended up in front of a television. Mm. And so it, it took a couple of years where, you know, I would get books and then just sit in my front yard and try to read them and learn them and enjoy them. But I think the pull of, of the pull and draw of television was huge in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's it was it, it, I was raised by television. And I think that's one thing I wish I could go back and figure out how to undo. Um and, you know, with with my kid, like, that's a huge thing. He gets to watch TV on Saturdays for one hour, and that's it. Oh, really? So he gets no screen time. He doesn't know what an iPad is. He doesn't, He like I said, he only gets to watch his cartoons for one hour every Saturday, and that's it. But, and that's a compromise. If I had it my way, he would never watch television Mm. because I, 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 I don't want him to grow up like me where you have this mediated experience that I feel really d- took away a lot of what I, I wish I could appreciate more, like reading. It's taken me probably 30 years of my life to finally love reading, but that was an uphill battle because I was raised by television, because I had to fight to really enjoy reading Mm. um and you know today for example like i know i finally figured out that i do not like fiction (laughs) i know that people love it but i do not Mm. but i love nonfiction. Mm -hmm. i could read nonfiction every day but you know growing up and in school most of the things that you read are fiction Fiction, yeah hate it Mm um so that I think that's one thing I wish I could go back. And, you know, there are instances where, like I said, I tried to fight it. I tried to struggle against it. I did this immense effort to, to make it better. I, of course, I'm a professor, but for a long time of my life, I did not like reading. I don't mm-hmm. know how I got this far without loving reading because I know I talk to my colleagues and other friends and it's, I'm the I'm the odd duck. Um, but I, I think the difference is I did want to enjoy it. And so, mm-hmm. but that's... One thing I would change. Mm-hmm. How about mm-hmm. you, Kareem? What's something if you could go back? Would you alter? Would you change? Would you wish different? Man, I've been I've been thinking about it. I don't. I mean, obviously, I had had uh, some bad slash stupid decisions. <laughs> like you, well, Kareem? No. Yeah. yeah no. no. But uh, no, I I don't. Yeah, no, I don't think there's something major I would change. It's not it's not that I was doing everything right or that my parents did everything right, you know, but it's uh I feel like everything happened for a reason that changed something later on, even if I felt that it came later, but it wasn't the right time, if that makes sense. Mm. 
um, just just for fun, I would have loved to learn how to play an instrument. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that mm-hmm. I would have loved to. You know, I played sports, I did acting, I did theater, I did stuff like that. But music in particular is one thing. And I guess I guess the reason that is so is because um, it's harder for just consistency to get you at it. I mean, obviously, mm. you can be a good musician with consistency. But when you're starting very late in life, um, it's a bit harder. So I guess maybe that is something that I that I would love to have had. What's um, your instrument? What would have been your instrument? Uh, it it would be something between the guitar and the drums. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Very nice. Classic yeah. instruments. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my mom took me to a cello lesson like twice or something, and then I was just like, a cello off. lesson. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty pretty out there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a string instrument. Sure. That that yeah. can work. So let me ask you this. Who was the instrumental, the instrumental figure in your past or childhood that whether you know him or not, you would like to say thank you to? God, who would I like to say thank you to? I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I mean, I guess there's one person but it's sort of not in the way you might imagine it. Um, when I was in high school and I was trying really hard to be a good student mm-hmm. without all of the, probably the resources that I needed, there was a teacher uh, during an exam. You know, I had a friend. It was a cute girl. She was sitting next to me. She didn't know the answers, so I let her cheat off of my test. You know, I was being nice. <laughs> and... um uh, we got caught cheating. Mm. But at that point in time, that was my first year in high school, um, I wasn't in the IB program. Eventually I got into the IB, the International Baccalaureate program, because again, I was striving to get into these good programs, mm-hmm. but I was not in the program my first year. And so when I told the teacher that, no, I'm, I wasn't cheating, she was cheating off of my test, she didn't believe me. She didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, on on my my grades, you know, I was I had straight A's except for that class. And when I went to tell her like what happened, she was like, "Oh, you cheated." And so you know, that really that really marked me. And again, in this moment to try to not be a, a, get that feeling of rejection that I was really marked by. Mm. Um, but that that just made me more angry. <laughs> It made me more angry, and again, that whole idea of the fight, the the fire, the 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 anger of being judged so based on this uh, on my position. Again, being judged by who I am and or what I am not. Mm. So, I would say thank you to that teacher because you know that really was a big encouragement to continue to prove that person wrong. And, you know, a couple of years later when I was in the IB program and I was in advanced pro and advanced placement uh, classes, AP classes, I went back and I was like, look at my report card. And, I, you know, I don't know. I can't remember what I said. If it was like, you know, I, I hope you you can think back to that moment. But I, I never cheated. And I was I'm just as smart as whoever it was that was cheating off of me. Love it. But, yeah, that was probably who I would say thank you to mm. because. You know, it's the whole Michael Jordan thing. I don't know if you've yeah. seen the Michael Jordan documentary. 
where it's like, you know, it was something like, you know, he said something to me and I took that personally. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and as yeah. a result of that, I kicked their ass. <laughs> <laughs> so that it was equivalent to that is feeling immensely judged and needing to prove them wrong. Okay. Yeah. I love that, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about you? Hopefully yours is more, more sincere and less vindictive. <laughs> no, mine is definitely my mom without even flinching, you know, mm-hmm. um, she's 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 the goat um um she she came from a poor family she had it rough um and she had me at a when she was 32 and uh we were still i mean i I, we were somewhat poor i would say but she 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 had it in there she basically decided that she was successful in her career. She was working in the hotel industry. She traveled, lived in Germany for a while, working there. She came back, worked, mm-hmm. you know, as a tour guide. She did it all. And then after I was born and then my brother was born a year later, she basically dropped everything and she said, those are my goals, mm-hmm. those two kids right there. Mm-hmm. So what she did, as I said earlier, she... um she she saves up some money so that she can get us into a sporting club. What that did, one, it got us out of the area that we were usually at, which was a pretty, pretty poor area, so to speak. So she got us into another society. Mm-hmm. And then she decided to go to an international private school, work there so that she can get a discount, so that she can get us with the rich kids. Mm-hmm. So we went there. Um... So that put us in, an, in another layer of society that we weren't necessarily seeing in our immediate surroundings. So growing up, we were, you know, seeing a lot of different things, but she was always thinking, whether intentionally or unintentionally, of social mobility. Yeah. She did that through education. She did that through sports. She, you know, um, yeah, after after God, she's she's the reason where I'm at here, mm. you know. Yeah, I mean that's really good. Where do you think she got that? What what was it that drove her? Um, I don't know if it was like you know thinking and planning about it, or it was God showing her the path, you know, throwing ideas into her mind. But she was always thinking of that, you know, and she was very smart about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I I asked her uh, not so long ago. Uh, we were talking and she, she, she mentioned uh, something that happened that just, you know, hurt me, but that, you know, reinforces the thank you that I would like to say to her. She said that when she, when we were kids, because she was doing everything she can for us, that one, at one point she had us, you know, she would go to very, She would go to faraway places that would sell good-looking clothes without them being expensive so that we can be on par with others. Mm. But she would forget, totally forget about herself. Mm. So at one point, somebody told her, somebody who loves her, actually, you know, it's not like, you know, being mean, but it was a, a comment that just stuck to my mind. The person told her, you look like their nanny, Mm. you know, step up. Mm. So that that sh- that goes to 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 show how she literally just put everything in us, and yeah. even though I would say thank you to her, 
I wouldn't recommend that somebody forgets about themselves for others, even if they are their kids, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Or maybe it's a different time. Maybe I see like that approach doesn't um is 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 not is not pertinent to the to the time we live in, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's a, a a pretty high level of sacrifice yeah. for others. Absolutely. Yeah, although you know, as as parents, we're probably pretty close to that. Sometimes you always want something better for your kids. Mm-hmm. So I mean, no, absolutely. But 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 um, I don't I don't think, uh, and maybe maybe it's it's the heart of the mother, I guess. But I would I wouldn't even think about, you know just forgetting about my uh, career or uh, in a way. But I mean, and th- this this all goes back to the notion of success. What does success mean and how subjective it is? Um, I heard someone say before, um, for me, being successful is being a grown-up, you know, granddaddy and my grandkids are coming to me asking to sit with me for them to tell them about my life. Mm. You know, um, some others, it could be money. Some others could be fame. Some others could be, you know, a whole range of other things. So for my mom, success was actually lifting us up to succeed. So in her metric, she did succeed. Mm, That's good. Yeah. Tough, Mm -hmm. (laughs) tough. Um, Yeah, but I mean, your mom must be so proud at this point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we moved from the past to the present. Yep. God knows how much time we have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as we move into the present battles, uh, what's your fight? How's it going? It's going good. Um, really good. Thank God. Um, I'm blessed. Um, I think now my main fight is giving a good life to my family. Um, things that perhaps I learned late in life, I want to, you know, at least shed light on that for them. Um, life in general in our times, I think is different, a bit different from our parents, especially on the financial end. And I know we've had that conversation before. Oh, yeah. So, um, yes, our parents definitely hustled. I think we need to triple hustle. Yeah. And that hustle mentality, um, not everybody has, not everybody's used to. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. So this is this is my fight. Um, mm. You know, I have that fire in me that, you know, if somebody did it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Obviously, I get to pick and choose what exactly I want to be doing. But that is the fight I'm having, uh, basically to continue to ascend, continue to yeah. achieve the dreams I have. Um, and big part of those dreams are my family, my wife and my kids and giving them a good life. That is that is the thing that I'm fighting for. Yeah. You know, it's an important um, fight. Yep. It's it, it gives you a sense of purpose, you know, not not that not that just doing your own thing does not give you a sense of purpose. It does as well. But it just gives everything meaning when life is rough and, you know, you go back and you're feeling like, you know, life is beating you down. I just look at them and I get, I get, you know, 
I've never thought that hugging a child energizes you as much and gives you comfort as much as it gives to the kids. <laughs> I've never thought about that, you know? Yeah, I think that's so true. I thought I thought that this is something that gives them a sense of safety and security, but I actually found that it's doing the exact same thing for the parent. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a blessing that, you know, um, that I don't take for granted. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of difficult moments when it comes to having kids, but the moments that are sweet, man, are they sweet yeah. and they are so unique. I mean, and I also have a kid who unfortunately uh, did not care for me for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as they recognized that I existed, yeah. those moments were wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. How, how how about you? What is what is your fight? Oh man, there's a lot of fights, and I think you bring up a good one. I definitely share like ooh, I want my son's future to be so different than mine, mm -hmm. and you know the typical thing. You don't want your kids to suffer. You you want you, everybody has to suffer to a certain degree because that's life. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for me, the most you know, we're just finishing the, you know, starting out the, the new year, 2024. And um, I think for me, the battle is internal. The battle is constantly, who do I want to be? You know, what do I want my days to look like, my life to to be like? How do I want to feel? And um, I think as, as we were talking about, I, th I think some of those are not being stressed, mm -hmm. being healthy, reading a book enjoying not sitting in front of a screen every day i think uh, i'm i'm trying to to get to a place where uh, i'm not only happy but happier and mm. uh I, I think that's an ongoing struggle always um but you know it's like who do who do i want to be and i think i'm still figuring that out um, how do I want to treat other people? How do I, how do I want to be treated? I, I think those are, those are, that's sort of where I'm at right now is like figuring out myself and every day is a little bit better. Every year is a little bit better. And I think, um, I, in one of the, the books I was reading, I can't remember if it was the Anthony Bourdain one or, or another one, but he had gotten, maybe it was Anthony Bourdain. He'd gotten this piece of advice that I read in, in my current read it was something along the lines of, you know, every day try to be a little bit better, try to do something a little bit better. And mm -hmm. I think that's sort of where, where I'm at is every day try to do something a little bit better, make it a little bit better. So I think that connects really nicely to sort of the persistence, consistency, yep. greatness. How do you get there? Um, it's a long road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a long road. There's a lot of pitfalls, but I think that's sort of where I'm at. Is how do you every day just do something a little bit better? So that's sort of where I'm at. I love that. Yeah, I love that, that. stuck out to me. And again, I can't. I don't, I don't know if it was Anthony Bourdain, <laughs> <laughs> but I was reading the Anthony Bourdain, and before that, oh, what was the other book? Oh, you know what? It was actually a news article about a. Oh, I can't remember what it was about, but it was from a news article. And it was a, a person who was a, was he a fisherman or something? 
Oh, I'll have to get back to you on that. Yeah. We will put it in the comments yeah. um, if this one ever makes it. But yeah, I'll have to look it up. But it was a good piece of advice. And I was like, oh, I was like telling my wife about it. I was like, look, this, this. I was like, this is such a good piece of advice. And I think since begin before the, the new year, I've been, that's been my philosophy is every day try to, to be a little bit better, try to do something a little bit better. You know, that's, uh, that, that connects to the book that, uh, that I've been reading lately, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it basically says that you need to every day try to just consistency until you make it. And then they highlight a ton of stories and anecdotes about people mm -hmm. who weren't talented, didn't seem talented, mm -hmm. didn't, you know, people that you wouldn't draft, people that you wouldn't, you know, pick to be on your team, you know, but then mm -hmm. they became goats. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I still think about your journey. That was such a cool one where you started off as a bench warmer, a re <laughs> according to the coach, a reluctant, a reluctant choice. Yeah. And then you got to the top. I mean, what, what an incredible journey for you, for those around you, for your mom. I mean, I, I mean, she must have been just like, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the. I'm really glad, like if I would go back and that, that connects to the question you asked earlier, if there's something you would change, I wouldn't have changed this for an easy stardom, mm -hmm. so to speak. You know what I mean? Like being the one that, you know, walks, uh, walks into the door and then, oh, he's our A swimmer. You know what I mean? And no, mm -hmm. I feel, I feel there is a level of modesty that is inherent to ascending from the very bottom to the top in whatever you're doing that is just um, unbeatable. Mm. Yeah. I think for time, we'll maybe move into the mm -hmm. future. Yep. Uh, how about that? I actually like this one. What do you want to be and how do you want to be remembered? Mm. I want to be remembered not for like when when people are mourning my death and i hope there would be people mourning my death <laughs> <laughs> i'll um, be there man i'll be there don't you worry i'll at least be there i don't want to be remembered for career related stuff at all mm. this this doesn't count you know what i mean <laughs> um i want like i, I don't want to be remembered as you know a hardworking whatever or a visionary what I don't want some people like it I don't you mm. know I want to be remembered for anecdotes things mm. that stick mm. you know um, a memory between me and a, somebody who I was either intentionally or unintentionally helpful in one way or another um, maybe something I may have said in the classroom or something like that. Mm. And somebody dwells back and says, oh, you know, I had that professor from Egypt when he said this and this was actually crucial in who I became or something like that. Mm. This, this is what I want to be remembered for. And um, obviously from my closer circle, like my kids and stuff, I want to be remembered as somebody who didn't hold back any love. Mm. You know, I want to be remembered as somebody who was just very explicit about my love for my children, for my family, for mm. um, my loved ones, and that I didn't, I didn't hold back. Mm. That's know? good. Yeah, I mean, to be free, mm -hmm. to be free from, you know, to be free to to be you, to be expressive, 
I think that's a good one. So so who do I want to be related to that? I just want to be a good person, mm. you know? Yeah, good person, not a good... I want to obviously be a good practitioner or good whatever, you know? <laughs> but but for me, the the... The, the harder battle is to be a good person mm. and the harder battle is to be a good, you know, successful person and still hold on to your values and stay, you know, true to mm. who you are and who you want to be. Mm. How about you? How, how do you want to be remembered? Oh, God. <laughs> um, you know, I think this, this, I asked this one because it was similar to what we were talking about before about, you know, um, what are you struggling with? You know, what's the fight? And I think part of that is like, how do, how do I want to be remembered? Is I, I, re I really want, I don't even know if, if I even fully understand what it means, but like, I want balance. Mm. I want a, a stability out and in, in variety of ways, both career, non-career, health, non-health. I, uh, I want to be you know, uh, being able to throw off all of these forces that knock you from one side to the other, whether that's people, whether that's vices, whether that's, you know, my, you know, kid waking me up in the middle of the night at 3am and, and lacking sleep. It's like, despite all of those challenges, I want, I want to be able to, yeah, and just balance. And I think part of that is being a good person. Mm -hmm. Um, making good decisions, being thoughtful, not being rushed, not being anxious, being comfortable, being confident. I think, uh, again, I don't know if I fully understand it, but that's what I want to be remembered for is like, you know, Carlos figured it out. Yeah. He, he was able to unlock it and, you know, he was never screaming. He was never arguing. He was never fighting. He was never worried. That's sort of what I want to be remembered for. And I want to give something that people can aspire to. Mm -hmm. and, and I think we've talked about this in one way or another in the past where it's like for our children, we want to give them a roadmap. They don't necessarily have to follow it, but I, I, we want to provide them something that they can say, he did it right. And I know probably one of the memories as we've talked about is like, if you're having these balanced, healthy behaviors, your children will see them. Like mm -hmm. running. If you're running, you take them running. They see you running. That's something that they might do. They don't have to. It's perfectly mm -hmm. fine if they don't. But you and I both know at this point in time, whatever healthy exercise, whatever it may be, doesn't matter as long as you have something. Because at some point in your life, you're going to need it. You're mm -hmm. going to need to be able to, to run, to lift, to play soccer, swim. And it'll help you we know that much. And so I, I feel like, um, you know, uh, providing that as a memory, that is a resource, that would be something that I would like to be, be remembered for. I like that. It also makes me, makes me think of something. I was just thinking about it as you were speaking that I, I really want to break through the cycle. In other words, I don't want to get yes. stuck in that circle until I die. Yes. I want to be able to step out of it comfortably and be able to enjoy life and enjoy the work my my kid i always i always tell him um about the notion of financial freedom mm. because that is something i you know uh learned the hard way um and very late yeah. so 
So he was telling me the other day, he was telling me, uh, what would you do if you become the richest person on earth? <laughs> and I told him, man, I don't want to be the richest person on earth. That's not, that's not on my list of goals. Mm. He told me, I mean, richest person on the stock market. I told him, I don't want to be the richest person <laughs> in the stock market either. But um, I told him, um, I told him I'm going to continue to work and do the things I like. So he told me, wait a second. So you're going to be financially free and still work? I told him, yes, I'm not going to be working as much as I'm working now, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to be doing the things I love. I'm going to be teaching I'm going to be doing, you know, creative work. I'm going to be um, doing my work as a journalist. I love those roles mm -hmm. and I don't want to stop them. I just want to mid minimize the number of long hours that I have to work per week in order to make ends meet. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to break through that cycle. Oh, that's such a good one. I mean, super relatable. I think I, in the last uh, year or so, I've really come to see the systemic ways in which by and large, we're all really stuck. Yeah. And how do you get unstuck? Mm -hmm. How do you fend off these forces that are constantly trying to control you mm -hmm. to get you, you know, and this is maybe my own conspiracy theory mind and, and not so much, right? Like, um, like the food that we eat, the, the food that we eat, the easiest food that you can get is so processed Mm -hmm. hits that dopamine factor, yeah. gives you that sense of enjoyment. And I think that when I talked about balance, that's sort of what it is. It's like not rushing to these spike moments of, a, of, a, of euphoria. Hey, this is Carlos. Hey, this is Karim. If you like what you heard or saw, follow us on all the platforms and let us know what you think. Ciao. Bye.